0: Hi everyone, and welcome to the Fertility in Focus podcast. I'm your host, Christina Burns. I'm a doctor of natural medicine, specializing in the treatment of infertility by a natural and integrative methods. I founded the Naturna Institute in New York City, where my team and I work with women and couples, often in collaboration with Western medical doctors, to guide the path to healthy conception. In this podcast, you'll learn all about your body and everything in the fertility landscape to help you realize your dream of baby. I'll be bringing you the best of advice from experts in the fields of both natural and conventional medicine, as well as the heartfelt and very helpful stories of brave fertility heroes on their path to baby. Let's dive into today's episode. Welcome back, everyone. Today, we are going to talk about one of my favorite supplements, Um, not just for fertility, but for far beyond but it's amazing for fertility. So we're talking about uh, beef liver extract. So for anybody who is vegan with a moral obligation to not consume anything from animals, I'm sorry, this this supplement may not be for you. However, I will uh, point out other, or refer to other sources of iron because really the topic is a lot about absorbable iron and how much we need it for biological processes. So iron is an incredibly important nutrient for many functions in the body, including reproduction, but not limited to reproduction. An average person requires about 20 milligrams of elemental iron each day just to make enough red blood cells. And iron is also essential for biological processes within all the cells, including energy production and DNA replication and repair. Iron essentially serves as an essential element for a wide variety of vital functions within the cells. Average daily iron absorption in premenopausal women is about twice that of men, uh, due mostly to the blood loss during menstruation and episodes of increased demand during pregnancy and lactation. We actually have an insanely high increase in demand during pregnancy and lactation. The average daily iron requirement in pregnancy increases to around 1,000 to 1,200 milligrams to meet the increased demand for red blood cells and for the growth and development of baby. Uh, This is a large amount of iron, especially when compared with the average total body iron content of 2,200 milligrams and the 1.3 milligram of iron absorbed per day by non-pregnant women. So it's like a massive difference. Iron deficiency anemia is the most common nutritional deficiency worldwide and is associated with a bunch of issues, uh, fertility complications, pregnancy complications, such as low birth weight and preterm birth, as well as impaired neurodevelopment and immune function in infants, children, and adolescents, low IQ for example. Um, For these reasons, much attention has focused on preventing iron deficiency anemia, and iron supplementation has become a routine recommendation for many women throughout pregnancy. Also important to note that, um, you know, 60% of women or more become anemic during pregnancy. And I don't think they do good enough screening leading up to pregnancy because a lot of the women I see are definitely deficient. I can just tell symptomatically, which I'll get into, Uh, but, you know, I start supplementing people with their diet and with natural sources, you know, in the fertility process to get them ready for the demands of pregnancy and to help them conceive. So the thing is, is that you could have too little iron, but you can also have too much. Recent studies have raised questions about the value of iron supplementation in women who are iron, like low iron, um, or who are have high, high iron and are not anemic, and suggested that excess iron intake may Increase the risk of reproductive disorders. In a randomized controlled trial to evaluate the effect of iron supplementation and pregnancy outcomes in women who had normal iron levels, it reported that women who had higher hemoglobin concentrations in the third trimester were significantly more likely to, to develop hypertensive disorders and deliver babies that were small uh, for their gestational age. So in the body, iron presents a paradox. It's oxidative reductive potential is an essential component of many enzymes required for life. Yet that same potential can catalyze the production of reactive oxygen species and lead to cellular death. So reactant oxygen species like free radical damage. So, so too much iron actually can be inflammatory and hurt your cells. Uh, This dichotomy is particularly true in males. Interestingly, whereas there's a precipitous balance between sufficient and too much iron. Iron can also catalyze the production of the reactive oxygen species, so those free radicals that attack sperm. To maintain balance, the human body tightly regulates dietary iron absorption. Uh, Severe iron overload disorders like hereditary hemochromatosis and um, B. thalassemia occur when these regulatory mechanisms are deficient or not working properly. So while iron is necessary, the male reproductive system is particularly sensitive to the iron overload. And there's issues with, like, underfunctioning testicles and the sperm, infertility, sexual dysfunction that commonly occur as an excess, uh, uh, sorry, as a side effect of iron overload. Uh, the average male in the United States consumes way more iron through their diet than needed. And so that's an issue. Like, you know, I would imagine with this cre- keto craze even more so because, like, there's, like, all these men eating so much meat. But I think in general... You know, there's just a lot of men eating too much red meat, um, which is, you know, your main source. I think that it's okay to have that par- as part of the diet, but, you know, not as regularly as some people are eating it. Too much, too little, both raise issues. But, you know, if your um, husband or partner has uh, reproductive issues, you know, take a look at that aspect of his diet. So as it comes to fertility, uh, in women, iron deficiency uh, may play a critical critical role because I usually see iron deficiency in women. I, I t- don't tend to see an an overload. There might be more commonly an overload in men, but in women, I generally see a deficiency probably because we bleed just like I mentioned earlier and And I think a lot of women have poor absorption of nutrients. So, iron deficiency may play a critical critical role in human infertility, egg quality, and even play a role in endometrial receptivity, so your uterine receptivity for implantation. Iron also affects the menstrual cycle. A study revealed that 50% of the study patients suffering from anemia had amenorrhea, so they, if they had anemia, 50% of them had no period and no ovulation. So low iron levels um, will shut down your ovulation and then, you know, who's getting pregnant that way. So it's like, you can also then try to blast your system with IVF and these meds. And then you're wondering why you have low egg quality or crappy embryos because they have no life force because they were deficient in iron. So the theory, you know, is by correcting iron deficiency and low ferritin values in women having, you know, poor embryo quality, low egg quality, pregnancy rates may improve. A study on mice who are fed a low iron diet for three weeks that reduced the iron concentrations in their blood, liver, and ovaries found that the amount of ATP, so that energy-producing component in ovaries and the mRNA expressions of follicle development markers, estrogen production resulted in failed follicle development and fertility. So basically, the mice that were fed a low iron diet only for three weeks, mind you, Resulted in underfunctioning ovaries and um, poor development of follicles, low estrogen. So it's like really affecting the follicular phase, which is what you need in an IVF cycle. It's what you need to build a healthy egg naturally. It's like basically whether you're doing fertility treatment or trying naturally, you need these this to be working properly. And a low iron diet seemed to affect that across the board. These results suggested that iron restriction in females induces comprehensive ovarian dysfunction at the follicular development phase, um, which resulted in d- decreased Fertility in mice—it's just so interesting that it was like only three weeks of this that resulted in such bad results. The infertility in mice was rescued by um, supplying them with a normal diet containing iron, and so it's therefore possible to correct um, the ovarian dysfunction at the developmental phase if it's caused by anemia by just you know bringing up the iron levels. Over the years, I've been diligently working away at crafting effective herbal blends for a variety of fertility challenges. My newest blend, the egg quality formula, has been clinically proven to improve chances of pregnancy in women with low ovarian reserve, poor egg quality, and those of advanced maternal age. It's available for sale at junkjuicemagic.com or naturnalife.com or by contacting us at the Naturna Institute at info at life, or DM us on Instagram. So what's happening behind the scenes? Why is this such a big deal? Um, Well, when our iron stores fall into an unhealthy range, it prevents red blood cells from developing. Low red blood cells result in low hemoglobin levels. This decreases the oxygen-carrying capacity to the body's tissues, including the ovaries and uterus. The insufficient oxygen delivery to your reproductive organs can make the eggs um, become poor quality and it make it so that like your body is just not receiving a pregnancy. So when I see chemical pregnancies and early miscarriages, um, iron deficiency is like one of the number one things that I'm looking at. I'm like, why doesn't your body have the energy to make this pregnancy happen? And if your cells can't carry oxygen, um, I mean the, the, the pregnancy, the eggs, the everything can't get the resources they need to thrive. Testing. So most of the testing is like hemoglobin, um, serum ferritin levels, and it's apparently it's not ideal because ferritin is an acute phase protein that can increase in response to numerous inflammatory processes or infections. So basically, you can have a um, what looks like to be a normal or elevated ferritin level, but that can be because you're having inflammatory responses going on in your body. So data from some studies reported um, uh, circulating concentrations of soluble TF receptor is a more reliable measure of iron status. So I guess looking at ferritin, hemoglobin, and the TF receptor would be, you know, more well-rounded. So now we come to, you know, how do you know besides testing? So here are some of the things that I... You know, look at I'm like okay, so chemical pregnancies, early miscarriages. Are you pale? Are you tired? Do you have anxiety? Do you have trouble sleeping? Um, or do you sleep much too much? Um, do you have brain fog and you can't think because you feel like your brain is like empty? You can't remember anything. These are and like your muscles feel tired. These are all signs that you could be some level of anemic or just not, you know, not thriving in this department. And so if this is the case, you know, you can obviously get it tested. I would, I would just proactively start eating foods higher in iron. So there are two forms of iron, non-heme iron, which comes from plant sources. However, because of its chemical structure, it's more difficult for the intestines to absorb this one. But don't disregard non-heme iron. It's still worth your while. In fact, heme iron, the animal sourced one, helps improve the absorption of non-heme iron. So eating foods um, rich in both sources is basically ideal. In many cases, I still suggest supplementing because most of the women that I see are on a fast track to pregnancy. So I'm like, okay, let's just get these iron levels up really fast. And I especially use it in cases of secondary infertility because somebody's lost a lot of blood in their childbirth maybe, and then they're having more trouble um, conceiving. Vegetarian diets, history of anemia, low energy, poor follicular development, canceled cycles. I don't like synthetic iron. And the research shows that it may carry risk of complication. I don't like it because people feel shitty on it. Um, I feel like when people are supplementing synthetic iron, they get constipated. They almost get achy. It makes them feel worse. Whereas if I give them like a food source based one, like plant or animal, they usually feel great. like energetic, clear headed, um, like everything just, just starts working better. I remember when I started taking my favorite form, liver pills. And I was like, oh my gosh, my brain works again. It was incredible. So... As I mentioned, my fave is bovine liver extract, cow liver extract, which you know sounds horrible for some people. It provides the most absorbable form of iron, heme iron, as well as other nutrients critical in building blood, including vitamin B12 and folic acid. These are the top fertility nutrients that help with egg quality and fetal development. So it's like like when you're looking for a prenatal, for example, or like a folate supplement, you're looking for one with like B12 in it to help absorb the... um, the folate better. And bovine liver has a lot of folate, a lot of B12, a lot of iron in the most absorbable form. So you're just kind of like, it's like you're getting a lot of what you need in one supplement. And you feel the difference immediately, like the first day of taking it. And when we talk about beef liver supplements, like it's usually referred to as desiccated, which just means dried. The best beef liver supplement manufacturers do a gentle freeze drying process this transforms raw liver into a convenient powder that can be stored in gel capsules. And then these are capsules and then you don't have to deal with the taste of liver. Because honestly, if you said you were going to eat liver regularly, I'd be like, okay, don't worry about, you know, supplementing it. But most people th- think it's disgusting. Um, it's sort of like when somebody, you know, asked me if they need to take an omega-3 supplement. I'm like, are you going to eat anchovies and sardines? And they're like, no way. So <laughs> here we are. And due to its uh, high content of B12, liver extract is commonly used to treat pernicious anemia. Um, pernicious anemia is a low red blood cell count and uh, and when your body can't absorb vitamin D- B12. So instead of taking synthetic vitamin B12, you can get it from this and it's more easily absorbable. People seem to have a lot of like blood tests coming back with high B12 these days. And I wonder if it's just because they're not absorbing the synthetic kind. Research also shows um, uh, scientific evidence supporting liver extracts to help increase, sorry, to help treat uh, hepatitis C. So it looks like adding liver extract to your regime is really good for your liver, and, and that can be helpful for processing your hormones and for hormonal balance and for um, like processing the medications if you're doing IVF because it's a real assault on the liver. So, in conclusion, I love liver extract. I think in general, you just need to be focused. Even if you don't want to take liver extract, I would suggest having you know some beet powder in a smoothie. That's very high in iron. That's what they do in the islands. I would suggest having little bits of dark, like animal meat, Um, like like the highest sources of iron are things like venison, bison, ostrich, the gamey kind of like, you know, meats that people don't like as much and liver, as I mentioned, beef has it, but beef is also acidic and, and harder to digest. So I don't suggest a ton of beef in the diet. And I do like when meat is slow cooked on the bone so that you get a lot of benefits from the collagen. And it breaks down so that it's easier to digest and you eat it in small portions rather than like putting a big piece of meat or a like burger meat on the grill and having it turn carcinogenic and then you eating that. So, you know, there are ways to do it that are more healthy. And so I decided to outline those here. And I talk about this a lot in my book, The Ultimate Fertility Guidebook. Uh, you know, what nutrients to eat, how, where to get them from in food you know, dosage uh, of supplements and things like that. You know, you want about 3000 milligrams of this per day, you can do, you know, 500 twice a day if you want. It, It kind of depends on like the picture of your other supplements and your diet and how you're putting it all together. And I often get questions over Instagram about, you know, whether people are taking the right supplements and and uh, dosages, and I'm like, I don't know enough about your case to comment. I don't want to tell you the wrong information. I kind of have to have a fuller picture to be able to, uh, you know, tell you accordingly. But you know, for your own, you know, empowerment and knowledge, this is something that you can explore and sort of look at the um, balance of things in your in your regime. And I am available virtually if you ever need me, um, or in person. So thanks for tuning in, and I really, I so appreciate. Uh, that you're here with me and that we're, you know, changing the world bit by bit through education as empowerment. I'm really happy you've tuned in and joined the community. And I'm so excited to bring you more helpful content with each episode. In order to make this podcast as helpful as possible, I want to hear your input on what questions you need answered to get you feeling empowered on your fertility journey. You can DM me on Instagram at at Naterna underscore life or at naturally CB to share your most important fertility related questions. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please follow and share with friends. My mission is to help as many women and couples as possible. And for that, I need your help. Yours as always in love and light, Dr. Christina.